This is Pave It Black. Hi, and welcome to Pavement Block, the official podcast of the National Asphalt Pavement Association. My name is Richard Willis. And I'm Brett Williams. And today we're talking about airfields, but not just any airfields. Airfields are built to an extremely high quality standard. Today we want to talk about the Ray Brown Award. The Ray Brown Award is named after Ray Brown, the former director of the National Center for Asphalt Technology, who was there from 1991 to 2007. Under Ray's guidance and tenure, the center became renowned for its asphalt pavement research. This award is presented to the highest scoring quality construction airport pavement project. So today I'm hoping that we can kind of learn from a company that's been awarded this highest honor and learn about some of the efforts that they took and some of the mindsets that they have when they approach airport work to really achieve this level of quality. So to talk about this award and the project that recently won it, we've invited Chris Kroon from STWU. Welcome to the podcast, Chris. And can you tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your company? Yeah, my name's Chris Kroon. I've been with ST Wooten Corporation for over 37 years, primarily with the asphalt division quality control. I'm currently over quality control and, and materials for the asphalt division. ST Wooten Corporation has been in existence for seven years. We are celebrating our 70 year anniversary of being in the construction business this year. So, Chris, could you maybe share with us some of the awards that ST Wooten has got in the past and some of the involvement in the NAPA Awards program that the company has taken on? Yeah, we've been a member of NAPA now for over 30 years. And the previous awards that we won is the Sheldon G. Hayes Award in 2011 for the highest quality paving in the country on a, a state or DOT job. We also have won the Ray Brown Award previously in 2014. We won the Larry H. Lemon Award in 2015, which is the top 10 pavements under 50,000 tons in the country. and we were a Sheldon G. Hayes finalist in 2018, which is the top three in the country for the Sheldon G. Hayes Award. Could you maybe share a few details about the Marine Corps Air Station Cherry Point Airfield Project that S.T. Wooten recently submitted for the Quality and Construction Award? Yes. We paved two different runways at the Marine Corps base. It was runway 05R and 32L. The total tonnage was over 50,000 tons of a military airfield mix that we, we placed. We had an on-site QC lab and on-site asphalt plant. The big concern, of course, was scheduling. Scheduling, milling, paving, crews, and subcontractors. This project, it was a team effort. We had a our commercial grade division worked to set up the project. The asphalt division, of course, milled and paved the project. And then we worked with the government partnership to have a successful project. The finished pavement required by the specification had to be within three one hundredths of an inch of the plan requirements. So to accomplish this, we had to survey the runways 
once we did an uh, existing survey of the existing pavement elevations, and that was required by an engineer. We then milled the existing pavement to two inches below the proposed finished elevation. Uh, we developed and used a computer model created by our in-house surveying team. Then we surveyed the runways again and submitted the post-mill survey to the government for approval. Next, we paved one runway, surveyed it again to get the final finished elevation and to make sure it was within the required uh, elevation tolerance. For the milling, we built a 3D model from the design specification and plans. The model is used by the computer on the milling machine to cut the existing asphalt to the required grade. This allows the milling to be extremely precise. Some of the issues we had during the milling were, in the past, a fabric called Petromat was used to help prevent reflective cracking. So that was underneath the existing asphalt in places. This meant that the milling on the existing pavement had to go deeper to remove the fabric. Then the runway had to be milled again to the required elevation per the 3D model, which we developed. The required additional coordination and planning of our in-house personnel and government contacts was essential in, in getting this phase of the project done. The next phase of the project was actual paving. So the biggest challenge or one of the biggest challenges was the longitudinal joints in the pavement. The spec required to cut back the longitudinal coal joints, a max of three inches. We had a subcontractor uh, use a concrete saw to cut the joints. However, the engineer did not allow us to use water as a cooling and dust control device or process, which caused the saw to cut jagged edges and to create a tremendous amount of dust that was extremely difficult to remove from the joints and the pavement. So after that, they allowed us to use water when cutting the joints, which solved the problem of the dust and the jagged edge of the joint. Uh, another challenge was when you're paving on a airfield or an airport, you have to make sure that you can control and eliminate foreign object debris. During paving, we used a non-tracking tack for our asphalt mix or asphalt pavement to prevent the pickup of FOD by the equipment and dump trucks during paving. For the paving operation, we used a Caterpillar AP 1055 paver at a max screed width of about 26 feet. This reduced the number of longitudinal joints by paving wider pools. We used a Rotec material transfer device to eliminate segregation and to provide a smooth pavement by eliminating Dump trucks from potentially bumping the paver, and MTV also remixes the pavement if there's any segregation during hauling, which on this project, there's very little segregation because the plant was on site, and it was about a half a mile for the haul. We used two steel wheel rollers and one combo, which is a rubber tire and steel wheel roller. The combo roller was used to remove roller marks created by the steel wheel rollers and to roll the longitudinal joints to seal and achieve density on the joints. The mixes we used, uh, we used a HMA Airfield three-quarter inch top size for all of the runway paving. We also had a leveling mix that we had to use 
on those areas where we had to mill too deep to get the uh, petromat out, and we had to go back and level with an, an airfield leveling mix, which is a half inch top size. Like I said before, we placed over 53,000 tons of mix on the job. The typical mix is 100% passing the three quarter sieve, 75 gyrations, 4% air voids. We used uh, PG7622 as the binder. The mix temp was between 335 and 350 degrees. For coarse aggregate, we used granite. The fine aggregate was limestone and natural sand. The minimum mat density requirement was 93.9, and the minimum joint density was 92.4 for the HMA airfield mix. We placed great importance on partnership with our subcontractors, our in-house team members, and the government to achieve success on the project. So, Chris... I know most people probably when they think of asphalt pavement is that the highways and streets are the first things that come to mind, but there are a lot of asphalt runways around the U.S. So could you maybe talk a little bit about some of the differences between airfield and highway work? And were there any special challenges with this project? I know you mentioned a little bit about the joints and the, the tight tolerances, but that might not even have been common to other airfield jobs. Yeah, I think those were the two biggest things. The, the, the tight tolerances on the elevations were fairly unique to this type of job. This is not the first time we've paid this airbase, so we knew what we were getting into. Highway construction is a little different. You've, you've got to pave the grade. You've got to make sure you have a minimum lift thickness for highway paving. But with highway paving, Typically, in North Carolina, the DOT specs are not as stringent as they are on airfield or airport paving. So it takes a lot more effort to meet the specifications on airfields. I was kind of curious to learn maybe a little more about what ST Wooten does in terms of the efforts or training or practices that are used to really achieve these types of quality levels where you're actually winning the highest national award for airfields in the Ray Brown Award or like you mentioned, the number of awards that you've won in the past. You obviously, as a company, have placed a lot of effort into this area. And I'm just kind of curious if you could share some of those things that you guys are doing to really achieve on this highest level. Yeah, on our training in the past years, we've had consultants to come in and do maybe a week type of seminar training on best practices and so forth. We also use our equipment manufacturers to go through that type of training during the winter months to get all the equipment operators, supervisors, and so forth familiar with the operation of the equipment. We also have training that's been put on by our plant manufacturers to show the plant guys how to operate the plant efficiently and the best practices for plant operation. And then the quality control team that we have goes through DOT training all of my guys are DOT certified, and this type of project does accept those certifications. We have our in-house on-the-job training program for new technicians coming up with no experience, and it usually takes a, a year or so to get somebody up to speed to, to be able to function at a level that we can make sure they're doing a good job. When do you actually decide or identify projects that are at the level that you want to submit them for the awards program? 
do you have kind of a general way that you do that process? Yeah, I do most of that. So what I look at is the type of project we're going to do initially. Typically, an airfield project, like I said, has tighter specifications, there's no doubt. But also, you're only using typically one mix for most of the project. So with an asphalt plant, if you are only running one mix, producing one mix, then it's going to be more consistent than if you're having to switch back and forth between base, intermediate, and surface mix, which is typical of a lot of DOT type of work. So airfields, airports, consistency of the mix is important with the specifications more than it is with DOT, but also because you're only running one mix, then you can do a more consistent throughout the process. So when I'm looking at projects like that, airfields, airports, mill and field paving on DOT work with maybe two mixes where you're putting down maybe two layers of surface mix and then another layer of a uh, open graded friction course or something like that, those type of projects. The really big projects are very difficult where you've got a million tons of asphalt you've got to put down over five years and you've got four or five different mixes to run. That's really difficult to be able to win a war like this just because of the switching back and forth of mixes and the lack of consistency of, of those mixes when they're produced, even the best you can do. You've nominated and won numerous awards. What does winning something like the Ray Brown or the Sheldon G. Hayes mean to y'all's company? Anytime we can win one of those top tier awards that I mentioned before through Napa, it gives us national recognition, of course. To us, it, it means that we're doing a really good job, of course, and the, the company and, and the ownership is really proud. So setting up an asphalt plant on a military base, are there any challenges or any kind of regulations or, or anything that you're like, man, that was different? Because you mentioned you're on a Marine Corps air station and you got a plant on site now. Yes. We've done this. This is the third time we've done it. So we've been fortunate enough to get the projects. And it's been a learning experience over the last 20 years that we've been doing this. Of course, you got to go through all of the security checks and background checks. And for all of the employees, any personnel that the contractor is going to have to put on the base, you've got to have a designated site where you can put the asphalt plant that does not interfere with any of the airfield operations. So that process takes months to go through. I would say from start to finish, it would take you at least four to five months to get all that completed. And then it's going to take you another month or so to actually get the plant there and set up. So it is a challenge, but we've got a lot of experience in doing it. Well, Chris, we really appreciate your time today and congratulations on your latest win of the Ray Brown Award. And I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us about the project and share some of your insights about the awards program and how companies can be successful in achieving these highest awards. So really appreciate your insight and your time today. I appreciate it too. Thank you. So I think one of the big takeaways for me today was just when Chris kind of shared his process and really identifying projects for submitting to the awards program and talking about how some projects and how they're designed and how they're set up really 
can allow contractors to perform on that highest level and achieve some of the highest quality just by making it more advantageous for consistent production and really getting it the job set up to really allow the contractor to make a mix and make that mix very consistently and really hit those targets every day in and out. That was my big takeaway from the discussion. Well, you can also tell from the conversation that they do put a big emphasis on quality and through their training efforts and making sure the personnel have the skills that they need, or at least the opportunities to improve their skill. It's something that they focus on. And as I look and think back on talking about these kind of awards, I think they're an opportunity. A lot of times, I commonly say people don't think about their roads until something goes wrong, but the industry puts in a lot of hard effort. They put in a a lot of sweat hours to make sure that we've got the infrastructure that we need in this country. One of the things I love about working with NAP and many of the other associations do it is, is celebrating the greatness when it occurs and making sure that those people who do the work get the pat on the back that they deserve and and the thanks and, and reward and encourage the continuation of that high quality. Thanks for listening to Pave It Black. Visit asphaltpavement.org slash podcast to find more episodes, suggest a topic or guest, become a sponsor, or learn more about NAPA. Pave It Black is produced and copyrighted by the National Asphalt Pavement Association. Music by Colleague. As always, thanks to the dedicated workforce connecting diverse communities all across America. Keep on paving it black.